The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. So last week's follow-up was with my dad's oldest friend, Mona, friends for 65 years, and today, as dad's 70th birthday is now just days away, I put together parts of conversations I had this week with Billy, Buzzy, and Sandy, the three guys my dad grew up in Pittsburgh with, went to Boston University with, and are still best friends to this day. As I said before, I want to learn more about each one of my parents, so with dad's birthday being first and mom's 10 days later, let's start with dad at the beginning with how and when these guys became friends and what it was like hanging at dad's house as a kid. Well, let's see. I, uh, so your dad and I went to different elementary schools, and we were, weren't in, in the same school together until ninth grade. This is Sandy. Um, but we had um, my elementary school and your dad's elementary school were, were sort of kindred spirits, and we, we combined with, the, with them um, in a lot of uh, sporting uh, adventures. And kind of sometime around, I want to say, fifth or sixth grade, we formed a club. And, that's, uh, and we were in the same club, and that's when I uh, started to get to know your dad. Uh, we became closer in, in high school. And then um, our, the real depth of our friendship began when we both went off to Boston University. My earliest memories uh, are um, our grade school, of course. This is Billy. Uh, we were in the same school since kindergarten. We were in the same classroom. I think it was probably starting in fourth grade. There were three classes in each grade. And from fourth grade on, we were uh, in the same class. And, and first of all, I guess I should say, if you knew any of your dad's uh, or his brothers, you knew them all. Uh, but uh, to give you a little background, at least in my perspective, your dad was a handsome, athletic guy. Uh, and I, uh, I didn't attribute his good looks, but I attributed his athleticism to being the youngest of four boys. So he was also tough. Uh, you know, as tough as a guy who grew up like we did could be, but, uh, but I think part of that was from just, um, you know, getting elbowed and pushed and shoved, uh, by his older brothers. Well, no, you know, I spent a lot of time, uh, at your dad's house and, uh, and this is Buzzy. I have recollections, not just of, of course, my time with Sonny, but one of the real joys and, and I guess attractions of being in that house and around that house was that Sonny had three older brothers. And although they weren't always around when I was around, uh, you know, they brought so much uh, laughter and, and experience and stories of what their lives were like that it was just cool to be there. You're probably, you may be too young and I'm not sure your listeners, but I always thought going to uh, Dad's house back in the day was like visiting the Ponderosa, which was a, a, a ranch in a famous television show called Bonanza. There were, I think there were three or four boys in the family uh, uh, on Bonanza, and, and that's what it was like there. You know, your dad had his friends over there, and uh, uh, Joel and Jimmy and Mike, they were always kind of floating in and out. And it was just like there was just a lot of activity, basketball games in the back, people hanging out in the den watching sporting events, and just a lot of activity going on. Uh, there was uh, the famous basketball court in the driveway, and, and of course, 
Sonny and his brothers had a distinct advantage over anybody else playing there until you figured it out that the driveway was on a slope. I didn't realize it at first, uh, but the driveway was sloped toward the street, downward toward the street. So uh, if you knew the court, you knew you had to be on the right side because the hoop was closer. And there was a reason, there was a reason why if the Kozlov was defending you, they always uh, uh, let you go to your left because that was the lower part of the driveway. And uh, once you got ready to shoot, you were now shooting at about 11-foot uh, height basket instead of 10. And when I asked what Dad was like as a kid, I have no doubt that he'll laugh at the response, turn a bit red, but also smile and agree. Dad as a kid was a stud. He was he was handsome, and he was the, the girls loved him, and he was a terrific athlete. Um, so he was he was a man. That was your dad. I think he was also. I remember those are tough years. Maybe Noah, you experience it maybe you didn't but at age 13 uh, a lot of guys and I was certainly one of them are not too comfortable with the girls um, and uh, your dad was comfortable with uh, with girls um, and he was great fun uh, to be you know to be with uh, the way it works since I was the driver most of the time uh, you know we do the standard uh, uh, go to go to a movie uh, go get a hamburger and then I would drop him off uh, at his girlfriend's house and I would drive back to my girlfriend's house. And, uh, you know, we each had our, uh, presumed amount of time before we're the girlfriend's parents expected us to leave. Invariably the plan was, and we didn't have cell phones then. It's not like, uh, we could text each other and say, okay, I'm done. I'm coming over. (laughs) You know, we had a pre-appointed time and invariably I'd go there to pick him up and I'd park outside the house and wait and wait, and wait, and wait. <laughs> and uh, eventually Sonny would come out. And more often than not, he and I, uh, even though we'd already taken our dates for something to eat earlier, we would head to the Big O and eat some more. <laughs> and speaking of food, Sandy? Well, I have to say the most legendary move of his was we had, we had attended a high school reunion. And I want to say it was 20. I think it was one of the first ones we all went to. And the event took place, I believe, at Station Square Sheraton Hotel. And we all stayed late. We had a blast. We saw people we hadn't seen in a long time. And as we were headed out, uh, we, um, we all decided we had to stop it at the uh, original hot dog shop to have a hot dog in honor of all the times we went there in high school. So we all roll in and... Uh, everybody gets one hot dog. It's two o'clock in the morning, uh, and your dad shows up with three. And we were all, you know, of course, giving him a lot of grief about it and laughing. But you know, he, dad has a good appetite, so um, so we all eat him up. And um, and as we're leaving, um, Sonny disappears for a couple minutes and comes back with a to-go bag. Um, and we said, "What are you doing?" He goes. Uh, if Sarah found out that I was at the original, I didn't bring her a couple of hot dogs, she would be so mad at me. And I went, uh, I said, I said it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, I know, but yeah, she'll eat them in the morning. It's okay. And I said, all right. So the, the next day, so that was Saturday night. Uh, Sunday, we had everybody at our house for a, um, uh, for a cookout. And, um, and, and Sonny and Sarah, your mom and dad, come, come up the steps. And I hadn't seen your mom, and I gave her a big hug. And, and I said, so how are the hot dogs? She said, what? 
I said, the hot dogs. He said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. so the answer is he had five beginning at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was always enough to eat, but you had to be quick in that house. <laughs> and, and one of the things you could be sure of if you really got desperate was they kept multiple pounds of bologna in the refrigerator for their dog, Chum. And uh, Chum... The the, uh, the routine was uh, you'd walk in the back door and trip over Chum. Uh, he, he was in the mud room or whatever you would call it, and and uh, uh, we'd go to the refrigerator and grab a few slices of bologna and throw it at him, and that's how Chum ate. <laughs> and every time you're really hungry, you could you could steal a piece of bologna from Chum, I guess. I'm sure there was plenty to eat at BU, and that's where they all spent their next four years. But when I asked for stories, they were pretty hesitant to speak publicly, which pretty much says it all, I guess. Well, I will tell one about your dad. I will tell one about your dad. This is, this is memorable, and he and I laugh about it all the time, and that is that uh, we, had, we pledged a fraternity. And, um, and during one uh, particular evening, we decided that we were going to turn the tables on, our, uh, on the um, brothers who were already in the fraternity. So we, we kind of ran into their rooms, and we... You know, put shaving cream on them, threw water at them, whatever, and and one of them took particular offense at it and was really mad. And I was the I was the smallest in in the group, and this one guy came after me, and I was um, I think he had grabbed me and was um, getting ready apparently to do something not good to me, and your dad inter- interceded and literally picked him up off the ground and put him in his place yeah and and that guy uh became a pretty famous person it was ken feld who was ended up at ringling brothers and owning ringling brothers so we always we always laughed about that how he came to my defense on that night Uh, i lived with your with your dad my sophomore year we were roommates and uh you've probably heard this from sandy and buzzy uh but the freshman year freshman year sandy and i were at west campus uh your dad was in 700 and Sandy and I wanted to get to that building because that was really in the center of campus, as you know. Uh, and uh, uh, so we kind of moved around so we could get everybody in the in that building, and Sandy and I were roommates. My recollection is he had this habit of sleeping on his back with one leg, one foot on the floor. So if you recall that dorm or knew that dorm, where the bed was against the wall lengthwise, and he would, uh, and I don't know if that was so he could uh, get out of bed quicker, uh, or he just forgot to put that second leg in his bed. But um, but that was that was unusual as far as I was concerned. Well, that's a great story. So uh, so we went through the the traditional um, uh, pledging uh, shenanigans, and some of some of the guys in our fraternity were. Were, were they were a little mean, and so we did things that, and it wasn't it wasn't all that pleasant. We had heard horrible stories about what um, what Hell Week was like, so we had a nice group of guys, and we uh, we all got together shortly before Hell Week uh, was to begin, and uh, we uh, decided collectively that if the uh, that we wanted Hell Week um, abandoned, and we wanted to just enter the fraternity without having to go through that. And so we went as a group, and we said, we're not going through Hell Week. And they said, well, if you don't go through Hell Week, you're not getting into the fraternity. And we said, well, I guess we're not coming in. 
and we uh, and we we stood our ground. One 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 guy broke ranks, um, and the rest of us uh, followed through on our uh, on our threat not to uh, not to join the fraternity. We never did, and uh, a year later the fraternity disbanded for lack of participation. And it was it'd been around a long time too. Part of the norm of of living in in particularly in Boston, but living in that time, was there there was a sort of an expectation that you were to do your own thing. And that was one of the expressions that you know, were, were, were in the lyrics of songs and on the minds of everybody. And it was, you know, the beginning of uh, the, the uh, these cultural changes about freedom and, and you know, changing norms for how you treat women and and, and the drug culture. It, it was just a crazy, crazy time. You know, the, uh, the era the, that we were there was pretty, uh, pretty unique. Uh, we got there in 1967, um, and one of the first things that happened was that uh, Martin Luther King was uh, assassinated, and the uh, campus was on lockdown. Um, you know, a year later was all the marches against uh, uh, the Vietnam War, and I think it was our sophomore year that we all uh, marched and were successful in having the uh, university close uh, before finals, and we never took finals that year. And now we take a break from the chronological order to get some specific anecdotes and characteristics from Billy. Your dad really, I mean, he is a, he's a consider he's a thoughtful guy. And so uh, when I was, a, when we were at that awkward age, and your dad I don't think ever was at that awkward age, but when the rest of us were felt, feeling awkward at age 13, uh, I never knew it at the time, but in later years, still decades ago, he uh, made a point of telling me how much he thought I looked like Howdy Doody when we were kids. But he was considerate enough to not tell me that until I was well past that stage and he thought I could handle it. Uh, and uh, not knowing how to really combat that, um, I came up with the thought that maybe he looked a little like Eddie Munster. So if you had seen pictures of Eddie Munster or know who he was, with that widow's peak, um, and uh, uh, I think he's right, but I can't concede that point to him. One of the things about your dad that is really in, uh, makes everybody—I mean, he has more—he has more friends uh, and no enemies, uh, but more friends than really anyone I think I know. Uh, and one of the one of his traits was his his loyalty, of course, and his dependability—all those traditional standard things. But he was also um, uh, unselfish with one exception. When there was only one ball in the sport, and primarily basketball, he was not, he was not unselfish there. He was, he was always willing to, uh, to have that ball and, uh, and take the shot. Your dad remembers the names of everybody who was in our classes. And uh, you know uh, about Pamela's, which is a, uh, a restaurant breakfast restaurant in Pittsburgh, and there's a picture on the wall in one of their restaurants of our seventh or eighth grade class, and, uh, and he can identify every person, and not just by name, but memories of, uh, of each of them. He's a good friend. He's a good hugger, by the way, I'll tell you that. Um, he's a world-class sweater. I guess we know that, too. We certainly do. Dad can sweat standing outside in a blizzard. The guys' conversations have moved on from the Pittsburgh basements and BU dorms to the golf course where they meet up for a few days every year, and I'm always curious about what they talk about. 
you know, at this point, our, our, our lives were, were so far, quote, down the road that, uh, you know, we have our, our individual life experiences, but we do spend time talking about how lucky we are, you know, to have uh, stayed in, in one marriage, to have all had great kids, uh, you know, who, who are healthy. I mean, you know, when you think about it, Noah, none of us have had what I would call anything really traumatic. Uh, we've all had bumps in the road in one way or another. At the end of the day, you know, we, we, we do spend time talking about how fortunate we are. Honestly, we, we, we laugh from the time we get together to the time we say goodbye, and, it's, uh, and, it, go, and, and it goes by in a blink of an eye. And one more from Billy. I think sums up dad as a friend pretty well. He is so thoughtful just in in ways that you don't even think about uh, so i was at his house and i was reading uh, a golf magazine i get one of them i can't remember which one and he had the other one there and i was reading it and there was a good article and i said uh, can i oh i wanted to, i think i took a picture of it or something he said no just take the magazine um and i can't remember if i did or didn't um but about six weeks or eight weeks later i get the magazine in the mail so, and next thing i know and it and it says Willie Steiner, and and when I saw how it was filled out, I real I thought maybe it was a sample or something they just sent to me, uh, and it was your dad who just sent me a subscription. <laughs> that's a that's a perfect example. That is a perfect example, and that's what my dad is—a perfect example. Happy birthday, Dad! Thanks for taking the time to join us on the follow-up. The follow-up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com. <laughs>